Chapter 1. The Beginning The world's a perfect place, Donnie thought to himself as he sat behind the wheel of his 04 Camry, waiting for the light to change. The sun was out, traffic was moving, and the last half of the New York Giants game was playing on the car radio. They were still his team. Sports, he would say, is the only drama left where you don't know the outcome, and therefore something you could still care about. He didn't care about much, but he did care about the Giants. His vehicle had long given over from the sporty, sensible car it had been to a tattered and worn room addition to the Hollywood bungalow apartment Donnie occupied when he was home, which he rarely was. Between his car and overcrowded trunk, he had all the necessaries for spontaneous participation in any number of the activities he deemed important. Today's newspaper, a basketball, football, and most importantly, golf clubs, a hat, another hat, several books at various stages of completion, a half-pack of cigarettes, a three-pack of condoms, black-and-white cookies from the deli, wrappers from other cookies, and his most recent TV script with annoying notes in the margin. A hairbrush, a cell phone, three vintage baseball cards in their protective packets, two comic books in their original plastics inside a padded envelope, a beard trimmer, and some mints. Except for the cell phone, the cookies, and the cigarettes, all the necessaries were closed in the trunk. His father always stressed, Never leave anything exposed in the car. It's an invitation for a break-in. A commercial for the Center for the Cure of Hyperhidosis came on in the timeout. A fancy name for sweaty palms, he grumbled, cutting the ad short with a flip of the dial. He was aware of the perspiration on his own sweaty palms as his wet fingertips slid across the buttons. He'd always had sweaty hands and sweaty feet, dry as a desert in the middle. All his anxiety, all the urgency and consternation that he was unable to bite back behind the butt of another cigarette leaked out of his palms. There was no hiding. He thought for a moment of all the things that had slipped through his wet hands— jobs, ideas, friends, and wondered if there was any connection. But not given to deep thinking, he let the question drift by. And here they had given it a medical name and were asking people to call an 800 number for help. He would not be calling that number. As much as Donnie despised his condition, he hated being part of a trend even more. Once they made you part of a trend, they'd overlap you into other trends and try and sell you crap you didn't need. Thanks, he already had plenty. He was headed for Ursula's house. She was a woman he'd met at a party a few nights ago and wanted to go out with her because he liked saying her name. Ursula. He'd never had a chance to say that name much before, never known an Ursula, but now he found himself saying her name out loud in his car, playing with the emphasis. Ursula. Ursula. Doing a Stanley Kowalski thing. Ursula. She said she was a travel agent who was studying belly dancing. How bad could that be? No one would call Donnie a ladies' man, though he liked to think of himself that way. There was nothing suave or elegant about him. He was handsome enough, trim enough but mostly he was a big Italian guy from Queens, which is to say he was good at survival. And he'd be the first one to tell you a man needs a woman in order to survive. 
Otherwise, he backs up and becomes congested in the gonads, which leads to festering thoughts and a decay of the mind and dulls all sense of direction. A man needs a good circulation of fluids to keep his GPS on the mark. He told himself he was merely following his nose, like any dog does. But there was something about this Ursula that stirred him in a curious way. She was shy and forthcoming at the same time, different from the others. Or was she? Donnie prided himself that for a guy who seemed not to care about much, he had managed to become convincing to those females who were looking for the right signal. In other words, for a man with a very low commitment factor, or because of it, he had perfected the key. And being so convincing, he had also perfected all the excuses and backdoor exits he needed to skip out in the nick of time. What would he have to tell this one this time? It's the hard work men must do. Even when she wants him, she makes him work for it. Oh, sure, the ones who want it will signal pretty clearly to the male what it is he needs to say or do to enter her sweet garden. Say it, do it, and sprong, the gate unlocks and swings wide open. It's those others who confound. Either they make their message so obscure, or they genuinely don't want you. Donnie has run into more than his share of those, he'd have to admit. Which one would Ursula be? He was on his way to Ursula's to find out. Even though she had laughed at his jokes and laughed even more when he gave her a rundown of his latest TV comedy pilot, she did not give him her phone number. She said if it were important enough to him, he'd find her. It wasn't hard. It never is for him. How many Ursulas were there anyway? He found her last name on a registry of travel agents, Google earthed her, and here he was a mere few blocks away. There has been no mention yet that while driving with his left hand, Donnie was finishing the last of a two-pound whopper with his right, which we have already established was slippery with sweat. Out of nowhere, two huge, hideous-looking insects, big red eyes and lacy wings, flew in through the open car window and buzzed around his head. Though Donnie was not native to these parts, he was familiar enough with the various bugs that splattered on his windshield to know he'd never seen anything like these monsters that were now buggy fornicating on his arm. He swatted the damn things with the burger. Fuck! he exclaimed as ketchup dropped from between the patties and plopped onto his neatly pressed pants. He gobbled down the rest of the burger, pulled his car over to the side of the road, and chased the little fuckers out. Rifling through his trunk, he grabbed hold of some balled-up, sour gym trunks and proceeded to change his pants right there on La Brea. He noticed his black loafers would now not go with the shorts, so he changed into sneakers. Donnie told himself that showing up casual was the way to go with these things. Like he'd just been in the neighborhood shooting some hoops and happened to stop by, so as not to appear too wanting or eager or even intentional, for God's sake. Besides, it was less embarrassing to tell himself this. One of the benefits of not caring is you do save yourself a lot of embarrassment. However, while he was changing, Donnie noticed a homeless drunk, out cold on the covered bench at the bus stop, wearing a soiled and ripped Giants t-shirt. The guy's shoes had no soles, and his feet 
blistered beyond recognition, had worn right through his socks. Donnie tucked his black loafers up underneath the guy's bedroll. The Giants were up by two touchdowns. Go Big Blue. Returning to his car, he wondered, would Ursula be happy to see him? Surprised? Questions like that just clutter the mind and impede action. A pursuit is a pursuit. The outcome is something altogether different and often, as it turns out, not the point.